Hey everybody, it's Encuentro. Uh, sorry I've been away uh, two days. Um, haven't really been feeling well. Uh, my voice was also out again. It's a little better today. Um, so uh, the podcast I'm doing is for tomorrow, uh, second Sunday of Easter, uh, Divine Mercy Sunday. Let's begin uh, with the prayer of St. Francis in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, make me a means of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, let me bring joy. Divine Master, grant that I may seek not so much to be consoled, but to console. Not so much to be understood, but to understand. Not so much to be loved, but to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in forgiving that we are forgiven, and it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. Amen. The Gospel reading for uh, the Sunday, Divine Mercy Sunday, is uh, on uh, the Apostle Thomas. You know, uh, and uh, a story about him doubting uh, uh, Jesus, the uh, presence of Jesus. Jesus had in fact appeared to uh, the other disciples. The Gospel is from uh, John chapter 20 verses 19 to 31. On the evening of that first day of the week when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in His name. Towards the end of uh, The Lord of the Rings, uh, Tolkien puts these words into the mouth of uh, the main character of uh, of his book, Frodo. The, ha- the Hobbit, uh, the halfling. And 
Tolkien writes, how do you pick up the threads of an old life? How do you go on when in your heart you begin to understand there is no going back? There are some things that time cannot mend. Some hurts that go too deep. They have taken hold. There's been a lot of disbelief in the gospel readings for Mass during the first week of Easter. You know, Mary Magdalene at the empty tomb, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, the entire group being rebuked by Jesus for not believing Mary's news to them. And of course, there was the appearances of Jesus, you know, trying to prove that he's not a ghost, you know, asking the disciples for food. And today, of course, Divine Mercy Sunday, you know, we hear the famous story of, of Thomas, you know, doubting and proclaiming for everyone to hear, unless I touch his wounds, um, I will not believe. Why does there seem to be so much uh, disbelief going on, you know, in, among the disciples and, and in the stories of the octave of, of Easter, you, you would think that, you know, uh, the stories, uh, the narratives of this week would, would all be about, you know, tremendous faith, the opening of uh, eyes and uh, the realizations of the disciples about Jesus. But no, you know, there's, there's a lot of incredulity that's going on, you know. Uh, there are some hurts that go too deep, you know, Tolkien says. There are some wounds of life that are indeed so painful, deep and hurtful, um, that they, they seem to create a veil, you know, that covers uh, the person's eyes, preventing him or her from seeing anything past the wounds themselves. I remember during the, uh, the pandemic, you know, when many friends and people that I, I know lost loved ones. Um, the, the, the pain of the, not just the passing of their loved ones, the, the manner of the passing, the suddenness of the passing, and you know their inability in, in, in some instances, many instances, to actually be there you know, for their loved ones as they actually uh, uh, die. I, I, a friend of mine says, you know, it's, it's a scar that, that, that he'll carry for the rest of his life. You know, both his parents passed away um, one after the other. In one case, uh, uh, a friend of mine, uh, a dad, a uh, contemporary in, in school, in, in grade school and in high school, um, his son passed away from COVID and then uh, he got the first vaccine, but he wasn't able to get the second before he was able to. He got COVID and he passed away as well. You know, and uh, some of our friends were talking about how painful uh, that was for uh, his remaining, his, his wife and his remaining children. There are some hurts that go too deep. Could this be the reason the two disciples on the road to Emmaus failed to recognize Jesus? even as he walked and talked with them. Perhaps their sorrow was too immense that they failed to recognize even the joyful demeanor of the stranger who suddenly joined them 
and spoke about the fulfillment of Scripture to them. Could this be the reason Mary Magdalene herself failed to recognize Jesus at the tomb and thought instead that he was the gardener? You know, I read a commentary once that suggested it was Mary's tear-filled eyes that actually prevented her from, from recognizing Jesus at first. You know, her tears clouded her vision. Could this be the reason the apostles refused to believe Mary when she first wrote the news? You know, their sorrow and fear, after all, we read it uh, twice in the gospel reading, you know, the, the, the doors were locked, and they were all huddled in the room. You know, they, they locked themselves up and isolated themselves from the world. Another friend of mine who lost uh, loved ones during the, the pandemic said, you know, on certain days she just wanted to um, uh, stay in bed, uh, stay under the covers, and and forget about everything. Could this be the reason Thomas wanted to see the nail marks on Jesus' hands and, and put his hands on, on his wounds? You know, it's, it's a known fact that when a person experiences a tremendous tragedy, you know, there's a, it casts a dark cloud over him or her, and for a time, all we can see is pain and, and sorrow. And he refuses to believe that there can be anything beyond it. It isn't uncommon to hear someone who has lost a loved one or experienced tremendous suffering, you know, to say or to wonder, uh, how can I go on? You know, how can I go on? You know, life, life can lose uh, a lot of meaning when we're in pain. Many years ago, I remember uh, this uh, wonderful uh, couple, or very devout Catholics, um, whose uh, 15-year-old son uh, died of a heart attack. And it was so sudden. You know, he was playing baseball. And suddenly he just, he just collapsed. And uh, they, took, they were going to take him in an ambulance to the hospital, but, but he didn't make it. And you could see, you know, you could see the, uh, uh, the lingering sorrow and pain in, in the parents. Uh, months, weeks, months, and even years after the event. Um, there are some hurts that go too deep. Now, Thomas's doubt was not simply the result of a stubborn heart or of a questioning mind. Now, sometimes Thomas, you know, whenever we preach about Thomas on, on the second Sunday of Easter, you know, we always focus on his doubt. Okay? Not enough on two things. First, you know, the reason for his doubt. He wasn't doubting simply because he was doubting. You know? His doubt was on account of something else, something so deep, something so profound. Yeah? We all react differently. You know, when we encounter something uh, that, that shatters our world. You know, Mary was weeping and says, you know, where would you take his body? disciples did not want to believe her and Thomas this is how he reacts sorrow does things to people and we react to it in different ways Thomas' doubt was not just simply the result of a stubborn heart or a questioning mind it was the result of a, of a pain that was too deep you know, the pain of having lost his friend his master you know, who, uh, who, had, who had been his life and the reason for living during the three years that you know he was with Jesus, you know, the pain of loss was too intense. 
that it prevented him, just as it did the other disciples, from believing that Jesus had in fact risen, uh, Easter had come, and that his friend had really returned. You know, Thomas himself was, was terribly wounded. He was deeply broken. And yet today, as Jesus allowed him to see the nail marks on his hands and put his finger and hand on his wounded side, and Thomas received the healing of his wounds and the lessening of his pain. Often when we hear the story of Thomas, our attention is focused on his doubt. You know, but the real focus of the gospel isn't his doubting. It's just the kind of lead on to the real point, which is the restoration <coughs> of his faith. You know, the fact that he was made whole because Jesus allowed him to touch his own wounds and in touching his Savior's wounds, Thomas touched his very own woundedness, his very own brokenness, and, and found healing and wholeness. You know, again, the, the doubt of Thomas is just the, the, the lead on, if you will, okay, to the real point, which is that his faith was restored. And, and we must not forget, Thomas eventually uh, uh, gave his life uh, in order to preach the gospel. Uh, the doubt, the doubt is just an intro to the far more important idea of the gospel, which is the restoration of Thomas's faith and Thomas being made whole. In touching Christ, in holding on to Christ, Thomas was made whole. You know, his sorrow was healed. His faith was restored, allowing him to proclaim with all his heart, my Lord and my God. You know, whenever I talk to some individuals who, uh, who experience tremendous uh, difficulty and pain and sorrow that, you know, their lives, they feel like their lives are shattered, you know. Um, I'm at a loss for words, and I always tell my students, you know, as a priest, there, are, there will be moments when you're not expected to say anything, but to simply be present to people. Remember many years ago there was this, this couple, they were an amazing couple, I mean they were both doctors and their eldest son, you know, who had just just graduated from college, you know. Uh, he met an accident and, and, and passed away and, and I remember I was there at the, the wake, I was there at the, the funeral and I was thinking to myself, you know, parents shouldn't be burying their children, but that's the situation. And there's nothing that I could say that would ease their pain. So all I could tell them was, I'm here for you, we are all here for you, we are here you know, to, to grieve with you, we are here with you in your sorrow and your pain, and we are here to pray for you and to pray with you. you know, even in the healing power of the priesthood, there are moments when you feel that tremendous, tremendous sense of weakness and powerlessness. 
would that we could restore what people have lost but we aren't the savior after all and so I know that no words of consolation that I speak can ever heal you know, uh, the broken heart of these individuals who suffer there are some hurts that go too deep and yet and yet you know I always do my best to counsel the people that I journey with in their sorrow and in their pain you know I always tell them you know look to Jesus hold on to Jesus you know touch him that he might one day in his time heal you hold on to Jesus bind yourself to him the words that Jesus spoke to Thomas in today's gospel are the same words he, he speaks to each one of us now none of us is spared the wounds the hurts and the brokenness of life to be human is to be wounded we're all broken and wounded in pain okay and that's why Jesus speaks those words to each one of us today. Put your finger here and see my hands. Bring your hand and put it into my side. How do you pick up the threads of an old life? How do you go on when in your heart you begin to understand there is no going back? There are some things that time simply cannot mend some hurts that go too deep that have taken hold in touching Jesus wounds we come to touch our own and in doing so we realize contrary to these beautiful lines from Tolkien that we can in fact be mended we can in fact be once again made whole let us bring our wound business then our brokenness let us bring them to Jesus. Let us touch his wounds. That, like Thomas, we too may be healed.